Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. Do you want more good algorithms in your life? Did you know that when you subscribe to the podcast, when you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, when you like and love our posts and pages, the internet machine will find new ways to send good, encouraging content into your life? So please, subscribe, follow, like, and love away, that you can continue to be blessed and encouraged in your journey through the Bible. And as always, thanks for listening. This is episode 2, season 1 of the Family Bible Journey New Testament podcast. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 25. The title of today's podcast is A Good Man. It is not normally our custom to read the entire scripture passage when we do these podcasts, but since this is such a short reading, we're going to go ahead and do that for this particular one, and we're going to listen to the account of the events surrounding the birth of Jesus, largely from the perspective of Joseph. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is for our reading. And so, I don't know about you, but if I was engaged to a young woman, and she was found to be pregnant, and she told me that God had done it, I think I would probably have some serious questions for her. I mean... Really, Mary? Okay, so it's it's one thing to break my heart and to break our betrothal, break our engagement by being with another man. But now you really want me to think that God made you pregnant. Huh. Okay. You see, this was not an easy situation that Joseph was presented with. The, the, the story of Christmas, as we often see it portrayed in our society today, well, for those of us who even believe that Jesus is the reason for Christmas and not some big, uh, overweight, white-haired, white-bearded guy who wears red trousers and black boots and somehow manages to fit down super skinny chimneys all over the world in a single night, the portrayal we often see is it's beautiful, it's quaint, it's quiet, it's a, a picture of a young man and a young woman and a donkey. A lot of times there's snow gently falling as if it was filmed in a Hallmark movie. Everything is great, the animals are cute, they're calm, they're beautiful, they don't stink. Everything is wonderful and everything is great, but that is not the story of the first Christmas. No, it was a super hard time. It was a hard time for Joseph because the woman that he loved, the woman that he planned on spending the rest of his life, absolutely broke his heart by getting pregnant, and he was getting ready to divorce her when, lo and behold, an angel appears from the Lord, and the angel corroborates this crazy story that Mary had told him, that God had done it, that God had made her pregnant. And if Joseph, you know, I'm sure that this solved at least one major question as far as who had made his wife pregnant, but how many other questions did this revelation spark in his mind. How many other things did this leave unresolved when poor Joseph is told that he is going to be the father of the very son of God? You know, it is so easy for us to skip over important details and important facts in the story 
Because when we hear the Christmas story, all we hear is angel voices. All we see is the beautiful nativity. And we don't think about the reality of life for this young couple. This young couple who now is not married and and has a child on the way. This young couple who is going to have to traverse many miles, maybe 70 to 80 to 90 miles to go down to Bethlehem from Nazareth where they were making their home just to register for a census. This young couple who was among the most socially disadvantaged people in their society, because not only are they unmarried and pregnant, not only are they poor, as we will learn later in the story, they now have the story to tell that absolutely nobody, barring a miracle from God, is going to believe. You know, that's the story of Christmas. And while we know as God's people that he is fulfilling his promises and he is using this young couple to do wonderful and amazing things for us and for everybody else, the reality of that first Christmas for them was anything but that hallmark picture postcard that we see painted in our modern portrayals of this, the most wonderful event and the most wonderful conception that ever happened. I think that we sometimes miss out on the true humanity, the the real wrestling that would have happened, the, the emotional burden that Joseph bore for a while before the angel came and appeared to him and explained what was happening to him. How did Mary feel? What was her reaction to this news? Recognizing that she was going to have to tell the man that she loved that she was pregnant and it wasn't by him. Because he, of all people, would know that it wasn't his child. You know, all of these things come together in a way that really help us appreciate how it is that God is able to turn the things that, from our human perspective, are very difficult and very hard, and, and events and circumstances and people that we often can't find any sort of redeeming value in, God uses those things to actually redeem us and to redeem the people around us And when he is at work on our behalf, we can't even imagine the good that he has got planned for us on the other side of all the difficulties and all of the struggles and all of the confusion and all of the hurts and the harms that we are going to endure while we are patiently waiting on him to accomplish his purpose for us. In this story, we have good company in Mary and in Joseph. And we see that Joseph, even though he doesn't understand... Even though he's a good guy who wants to do right by this woman that's broken his heart, we see that there is great hope and that there is great reward when we as God's people listen to the voice of the Lord, even when it doesn't make any sense to us, and follow where he would lead. Because that is what Joseph is going to do here for the rest of the story. He's going to take Mary, he's going to make her his own, and he is going to provide for this child that is not his, knowing the mystery of who he is, and he's going to do his best for his young wife and his young child, even though he can't possibly understand what this means for him and his family. And so we can join Mary and Joseph in this story, especially when we are dealing with difficult circumstances, when when maybe unforeseen events take our plans and turn them upside down, and we can find in them a great example to follow. Knowing that God was using them, he was working despite their confusion, and he was going to prove his love for the world in a truly miraculous way through them. And you know what? He didn't ask for their permission. He just did it. And he did it because he loves them. And he did it because he loves us. How often does God just do something in your life and it feels like the opposite of love? It feels like anything but love. Maybe I'm the only one, but oftentimes when God does things not according to my plans, I can get a little frustrated, I can get a little angry, I can get a little mad, I can be hurt, I can be confused. So it isn't hard for me to relate to Joseph because I imagine he was a combination of all those things and maybe even more. But it's good news for me because God used Joseph and God knew exactly what he was doing when Joseph had no idea. And that's good news for us as Christians. And for those of you who are journaling with us through the Bible, uh, one of those words of wisdom sections that we like to include in our journal Bibles, one 
here that you could put in this story is uh, one that you're going to hear throughout the podcast. It's a pretty common one. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. That's uh, a wonderful reminder to us that especially when we don't know what God's doing, he's got it well in hand and he's got it all taken care of. He is not going to be caught off guard. He's not going to be surprised. He isn't going to be sidetracked. All of those things can happen to us, but none of those things can happen to God. And so we thank him and we praise him, even in our most confusing and hurtful and, and disappointing times in life, recognizing that the very things that we often loathe and despise and don't like and wish we could change about ourselves or our circumstances, those are the very things that God is going to use to show us the depth of his love. If we worshiped a God who was only able to work things out when everything went right, well, that wouldn't be much of a God at all, would it? No. It would be a disappointing God and it would be a God of less than us. It would be a God of our imagination and that would not be any God worth worshiping or following or believing. But the God that we know and the God that we love is able to take the most difficult things and turn them into the most wonderful things for us. He is able to redeem even the sinful and evil and horrible parts of life to accomplish his purposes. And through it all, we get to see him at work. And it is oftentimes and sometimes not even after the fact that we get to see what he's been up to in our lives. But we do know that when we get to see him as he is and he finally brings us to be home, then we're going to understand and then we're going to know. And then we might even get to see exactly what it was he was up to. And we're going to have even more reason as his people to thank him and praise him for the difficult things than the things that we thought in this world were everything that we looked forward to and hoped for. Because the stuff that God has in mind for us as his people is so much more than we could ever hope for or imagine. All we can do as his people is look forward to and wait and watch with eager anticipation as we look to see how it is that he is going to accomplish his purpose for us and his purpose for those around us. And so we leave Mary and Joseph here in a spirit of eager anticipation, looking forward to the rest of the story, knowing that God is at work and that he is going to do mighty things for them and for us and this child who has been born. For all of you paper people listening, and I expect there are a few of you out there, especially since we are journaling our way through the Bible. If you would like to snail mail a letter or send a contribution, you can find our contact info, including our mailing address, at familybiblejourney.com. Our blessing for today. May you be aware of God's great purpose and promise to love and redeem you, even when you have no idea what he's up to. Amen.